Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Shabbat Shalom, everyone, and welcome back. Um, well, there's some firsts here I want to point out before I, um, talk about the outline. Number one, I have a new, um, new equipment. Everything new. Everything is new. So, um, hopefully I'm clear, um, and there's no in and out and everything is good. Like I have this microphone sitting in my face. So I'm pretty good with that. Um, this is going to be the first time I have a mic that's sitting right here. It's a pretty hefty mic, I believe. I have my light. I have all of that. I already told you I'm a woman of a certain age. So you know, I, technology is all right. Like I'm not afraid of it or anything like that. But my husband is definitely more savvy than I am. So I had to check with him with some of these things. Some of the things I did on my own. So hopefully it's not a bust and I have to start again. But um, hopefully that um, I won't go in and out with this lesson. It's kind of like a test lesson. Sorry, but it is. Um, to make sure that my mic is doing well. I know the lights are well. I have my glasses. I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready, people. So, yeah. So, again, I say Shabbat Shalom. And um, I hope your day is going well. Again, before I do this lesson, I just want to say some things. Um, number one, I have been getting some feedback from our listeners. And I want to say... Thank you. Um, thank you for acknowledging my efforts and my due diligence. So I appreciate you also, those people who appreciate the um, platform and all of the lessons that I provide. I want to tell you again, you know, I have my tea, so if you hear the clinging, you know, it's me. Um, I want you guys to know, again, I did have a surgical procedure and um, I am healing, but sometimes it's a little wonky. Um, sometimes my throat just does things and I could stop in the middle of just talking and it'll stop me. It's my throat. So I have to repeat myself and stuff like that. So I'm supposed to be getting therapy for that, but it's not until February. Go figure. Anyway, so um, enough about my personal business, but I just need you to know, just in case, you know, um, you notice the tone in my voice. You know, I get excited when I do these lessons. 
I am so happy that I get to do them. I remember when I um, first thought to do them and then I said, people are not going to listen to me. People are not going to listen to um, me um, lecture about a subject that I love, which this is, I love this. Um, and I used to tell my friends that and a lot of my friends and family members, I mean, they, they knew, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a minister, so they knew that I was a minister, performed duties of a minister, um, but never really heard me lecture. Now, I was ministering to people personally and, you know, um, couples and um, individuals and just little groups, but it wasn't always um it, you know we would all talk and just um vibe about certain things concerning scriptural um ideals and scriptural um information um that's in the bible and then we'll talk about certain things that we believe um and that was about the extent of it but um it came to the point that i was vibing with family and friends and then i say you know um, I never wanted to push the idea of having a biblical study or lecture to anyone. But then, you know, um, I talked about it, you know, kicked the idea around and people was like, well, yeah, let's just do it. So that was the start of me doing it. Now, as I said in previous lessons, um, I was doing a study probably a, a year before I did this and then I did a raw study that I had no intention of building into what it is now so it got to the point that um people will go okay well let's go live on the Sabbath and let's do a lesson and then I went from just doing it on the Sabbath to doing it on Wednesdays and Saturdays so um and then people started to learn um, who I am and um, what I know about certain things. I believe and know to be true that there's no coincidences. I believe and know to be true that things happen for a reason. I believe and know to be true that certain situations were done, every situation was done before the foundation of the world. That's how the most high made it so. Whether it be a happy situation or a sad situation or an adverse situation or whatever situation, this was already done before the foundation of the world. How do I know that? Look at the book of Revelation. When Yachanan is telling, um, excuse me, when Yahusha is telling Yachanan, He's telling him everything from the end, um, excuse me, from um, the beginning to the end um, in the New, T uh, New Testament, just like he did with um, Abraham, Isaac, his son, and Yaakov. Not only did he do that with them, he did it with um, Adam. He did it with Seth. He did it with um, um, what's his name? Enoch, he, which his real name is Chenoch, um, he did it with many of our ancestors. So that's how I know. And um, prophecy is unfurling. 
And those people who are not in the word, those people who cannot hear what the Ruach is saying, they believe it's natural events, but you're not remembering that the most high is the father of all creation and what he um, manifests unfurls in a natural way. You can't possibly in your mind believe that some of the dreams that some of these um, prophets are saying is literally going to come true like that. I already told you the children of Israel do what the father does. Yeshua came down here. He was speaking in um, metaphors and similes. That's what it is. He even said he was. He didn't call it a metaphor and simile, but he simile. He called it um, a um, what did he call it? A um, I forgot the story that he said it was. Um, he didn't call it a story, but he called it a um, parable. <laughs> Sorry. But um, those are today's metaphors and similes. And that's pretty much how the children of Israel speak in metaphors and similes to their brethren. Now, I'm not saying that they do it anywhere else, but I live in the United States. Many people that I speak to, they look like me. Even if they're educated and whatever else, they speak their way too. Now, I'm not, I'm not um, saying that people don't act a certain way when they have to go to job uh, to their job, that's a part of their job. I mean, you know, many people who look like me and you have to be two ways. One um, in front of everybody else and one in the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I say that to say that there's no coincidences. Even if you don't know you're doing certain things, this stuff was done before the foundation of the world. So know that. Um, with that spiel said, like I said, for those people who wish me well, for those people who say I'm doing a good job, for those people who are thanking me for the, um, the, um, lectures and uploads, I say you're welcome and thank you because I can't do this. Well, um, I wouldn't want to do this any other way. I can't say I can't do this without you because there was people listening before you. But I am so happy that you are here. I'm so happy that you listen. I'm so happy that you feel that this is a gratifying experience, that you are edifying your spirit, that it is bringing you closer to the most high. I'm very grateful for that. And I know that you are. So when people email me and people are sending me things through Spotify, I am very grateful and thankful. And like I said, um, every day that this podcast um, moves forward on this platform, you learn a little more, little more about me. Now, some of you who are new may say, well, why doesn't she just do a video of the, um, the podcast that she does? Number one, I want you to get a feel and an understanding that you don't always have to see things. It's best sometimes to just meditate on what's said. I don't want to distract you any other way. I want you to hear my voice. I want my voice to be thunder and lightning to you in the message that I bring. You don't have to be stuck on me. Okay. Um, I feel like it's best just to hear. You can, you don't have to be stuck sitting there watching me. 
you could do everything you need to do by listening and taking me. So that's that's one um, reason why I felt like, oh, I just felt like, mm, um, would it be so bad if you just heard me and not saw me? I feel like, to me, it was kind of a test. I mean, I was doing the um, Zoom and I was, I had people come on and we were all like in a Zoom chat. So we all saw one another. Um, it kind of, I felt like it was a distraction. I really did. Um, I was new to Zoom and I still kind of am. Like I said, I'm not really um, too technologically savvy unless I focus on learning whatever it is. And I just feel like, I mean, I'm learning as I go along. I do love the most high, but I'm learning different techniques as I move forward. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to sit here and take a class on how to do this. So I'm going in and picking up things as I move along. And that's just how it is. Because I got 500 million things going on behind the scenes. I really do. I'm very busy. So um, I always take my time out when I can. I already told you right now, I'm not doing lives simply because of my voice. And still trying to get together with my soft palate and all this other stuff. So I try to make time. And sometimes um, when I do lessons and I don't really want them to go long, they happen to be long anyway. But throughout that, even if you might get an hour lesson or two hour lesson, literally it's probably more than that because I have to take some time to rest in between. So until my voice gets to its optimum level back to where it used to be, I'm still going to do um, pre-recorded. So you're going to hear this on the Sabbath, which is the 21st, and um, you will be edified. Okay, now that's that. Now I want to say, let me just take my, let me take my piece. I want to say that we want a new book. And this is the book of Ruth. First, I want to say a couple of things. Now, some people today may look at those scriptures that they call the Bible and say, where's the women in it? We only see a couple of things with uh, women titles. And you would be right. However, back in the, and I'm just giving you a little bit of information before I read this. Back in 1611, which is the 1700s, King James paid Hebrews to put that, those scriptures together. Now, when they gathered all of those books and all of that, it was a lot of books, more than 66. I want to say 88 or 90, something like that. It was between 88 or 80, something like that. Um, because churchianity, and we're going to get on that later. Remember this Remember this, um, what I just said, churchianity, because there's a person who does a lesson and it is so dynamic. It is extremely dynamic as to how religion came into play and just knocked the children of Israel out of bounds in a way that the whole world believes that the children of Israel was born to be slaves. So at some point I will be uploading the churchianity um, 
is from a dynamic teacher, and I'll be introducing him once I start uploading. But I want you to know, Church Jeremy, I just want you to know that saying. Before um, that, um, they put those books together, and there was other women that books were named after. But then later on, they took them out. They manipulated them and took them out, Catholic Church. So um, throughout different religions and when the religions started breaking down from the Catholic Church, because Catholic Church is like the grandmother of all the rest of the religions. So when people started breaking away from the Catholic Church, they started coming together and trying to determine what belongs where. Now, I already told you, we already went through this in the beginning that the Most High said that he never showed nobody but the children of Israel his miracles. He never talked to nobody else but the children of Israel. Even Job. I would just say Job. People say that Job is a Gentile, but Job isn't a Gentile. Job is actually in the line of Esau, which is Yaakub's twin brother. So no, he's not a Gentile. He is in the line of Abraham. Is Jack? He is actually Yaakub's twin brother, so he's the line of the twin brother of um, Yaakub. When people get a piece of information, and this is everybody, even in my area of expertise, say like you come to me for some kind of session, and you only give me what you want me to know. I'm just giving you a scenario. You only give me the information that you want me to know. I cannot make a truthful determination until I know everything. I can only make a determination on what you told me, which more than likely a lot of people don't like um, revealing their true selves to people. It would be wrong. If you only have a piece of something, you can only make a determination on a piece. This is why people believe that Job was a Gentile. If you knew all the books, if you read all the books, if you knew of all the books, if you meditated on the books, you would know who's who. And the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of people believe, and I'm going to get into this, a lot of people believe that the um, the children of Moab and the children of Ammon are Gentiles, and they're not. They're not. Like I said, if you were only given a piece of information, you could only go by that information. If you know, and I already told you the scriptures, I can't just say the Bible, everybody has a piece of information. Just think of this, the Bible being a 500, not the Bible, sorry, the scriptures themselves being a 500 piece puzzle. Just look, listen, hear me out. The scriptures themselves being a 500 piece puzzle, okay? But because the children of Israel who was given all the puzzle pieces, they didn't listen. Most I said, I'm going to let these heathen nations come in here and take y'all apart. So a lot of the heathen nations took puzzle pieces and burned them and did all of that. And now it's only maybe 100 puzzle pieces. But only certain puzzle pieces have come to light. How can you be sure you know what's going on when you only have one puzzle piece or two puzzle pieces? And I'm going to tell you this too. In religion... They forbid people to look at the books. Why is that? Why is it that you can't ask them questions? Why is it that you can't read these books? Why is it that they forbid it with every inch of their being? 
when, remember, the Most High never gave them nothing. They the heathens that took the books and they tell them you not to read. There's so much stuff behind all of this stuff that we are not being told, that we don't know, that we never learned, and we have yet to learn. So do not um, deny yourself reading, meditating, learning, um, pondering over these books. Do not. Um, with that being said, I'm going to say this. Like I said, we're in the book of Ruth, and I'm going to read this book straight out because it's only three chapters. Now, um, I gave you a little bit of Ruth um, in regards to the children of Ammon and the children of Moab. And I want to say too, remember, Old chapter, I mean, Old Testament is only the children of Israel. What relates to the children of Israel? New Testament is different. We'll get into the New Testament when we get there and I will give you the lowdown on that. But just know that the Old Testament is the history book of the children of Israel, all of the children of Israel, all 12 lines. It's a history book of all 12 lines of the children of Israel. Understand that, know that, don't forget that. Keep that in the forefront of your mind and don't forget it, okay? So, in talking about Ruth, this is the line of the kings, okay? The line of David, okay? This is how this comes about. I want you to know something else too. When you read the Bible books and they're going the way they're going, they're not necessarily put in the order they're supposed to be put in. Just know that. Just know that. People are trying to put things together and do things, but just know that. Remember, the Most High never wanted anybody else to know these books. Now, how do we know? If you go into the book of Four, um, four Ezra, Two Ezra, the angel is telling Ezra when he has to gather certain people together to do hundreds of books. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, hide some of the books and only share them with certain people. And then the rest of the books could be um, among everybody. Why did the Most High say that? Not only did he say that in Ezra, it's in quite a few um, other books. And I'll tell you this. In the vision of Paul, which is the apocalypse of Paul, how they found that book is someone who was in the line of, um, I forgot which line it is, but he's in the children of Israel. The angel came to him because he was living in um, Shaul's house. And the angel told him to rip up the floor of the house and get the book that um, Shaul had. And the uh, the child of Israel, one of the children of Israel, thought it was a dream and he didn't do it. That angel came to that house and beat the crap out of him and told him to open up that floor, dig in the ground and get the book that Shaul wrote. Yes. I already told you when one um, nation conquers another, they get rid of all the doctrines of that conquered nation and they indoctrinate you into their nonsense. Just saying. Now, remember, the children of Israel was conquered. A lot of their books was done away with. And the heathens took them, they adopted them as they owe, and they manipulated the children of Israel to let to have them thinking that they got curses on them of Ham and that they um they was going to be slaves. Does the devil not fool the world? 
honey, the devil fools the world in every way. I already told you. As minute of a way as, as changing a letter to a big whole way that the devil fools the world. I'm telling you, every intricate way, every nuance, every everything that I can tell you that the devil fools the world. I'm telling you, do not put nothing past the devil because the devil is the devil. The devil is the devil is the devil is the devil. And what do I mean by that? The devil's going to always be the devil. The devil's not going to be nice to you. The devil's not going to give you some slack. The devil is not going to do none of that. He's going to keep being the devil all the time. At night, in the daytime, in the middle, in the midnight hour, always, because he doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. He is a spirit, strictly spirit. There's no flesh on him at all, like there's flesh over us. Our flesh encompasses our um, our soul, which is our consciousness. We are the little light. I already said that. I went through all of this. I did everything just to let you know, and hopefully you're getting it. So now I am on the book of Ruth. We're going to do all three chapters. We're going to discuss it. I'm going to give you what I got. And then we're going to sign off. Now I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. And the reason why I'm reading first, because I want to say regular language so that you understand what's going on. Okay. Um, if there's something that needs to be broken down, I will go to the CIFA and give you that okay now i'm gonna um i'm gonna give you a a piece of information and then i'm gonna read each chapter so um where's my where is my hand um, yeah, so we're on Ruth chapter one. Okay, hold on. So this is what's going to happen in the chapters, and then I'm going to read them. Um, Ruth one through three is, um, Elimech, driven by famine into Moab, dies there. Um, that's one through three. Four through five is uh, Mahlon and Chilion, having married wives of Moab, die also. Um, verse six and seven, Naomi returning homeward. Verse eight through 13, dissuades her two daughters-in-law from going with her. Um, verses 14 through 18, Orpath leaves her, but Ruth, with great consistency, accompanies her. Um, Ruth 19 through 22, they too come to Bethlehem, where they are gladly received. So that's chapter one. So let me just read it. In the days when the judges, hold on. Okay. In the days when the judges governed Israel, there was a famine in the land. Let me just stop there. Let me just stop there. Because I already told you everything's relevant. Can you see that there was a famine in the land? These were things 
that were common back then. So today's times when people say, oh, there's a depression or there's um, food insecurity or whatever it is, whatever uh, new uh, semantic they use um, in regards to a famine, you already know that there's always been a famine. They could say depression, they could say food insecurity, they could say lack of food, they could say um, whatever they want, it's a famine. So no, there was a famine in the land, in the land of Canaan. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live temporarily in the country of Moab with his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Elamech. I'll just say Elamech. And his wife's name was Naomi. And his two sons were named Meh. Mahlon, M-A-H-L-O-N, and um, Chilion. They were Ephraimites, Ephraim, from the line of Ephraim, from Bethlehem and Judah. They went to the country of Moab and stayed there. And Elimelech, and Naomi's husband, died and she was left a widow with her two sons. They took their wives from the Moabite women. The name of one was Orpah and the other one was Ruth. They lived there about three years and both Mehlon and Chilion also died. So the woman Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Please forgive me. That's my husband coming in the door. Then she set out with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. I want to talk about Moab for a minute. Now, I did say that because many people say, and it is in the scriptures that the Most High is going to get after Moab and Ammon. He is going to condemn them. Nevertheless, Moab is two lines that's from Abraham or Abraham, which is the real name, Abraham's nephew, Lot. Those are the two lines from Lot. His two daughters, when they ran out of Sodom and Gomorrah and it rained down um, brimstone and all of that, the two daughters thought that nobody else was alive and they had sex with their father. So that was the sin. Nevertheless, Moab and Ammon is from the two daughters of um, Lot, Abraham's nephew. Just saying. Okay. So everybody says that they um Gentiles, but they really aren't. Lot committed a sin by having sex with his daughters. Even though he was drunk and all that, you already know alcohol is an old devil. Been here since day one. Okay, we ain't gonna get into all of that. I'm just letting you know. So, so um, just a little bit of information about Ammon and Moab. Okay. For she had heard in Moab how the Most High had taken care of his people of Judah and given them food. So uh, we know here that um, Ruth's two sons and the husband died. So she didn't have nobody but these two daughters-in-law. 
So they're traveling from place to place so that they don't die. So she left the place where she was living with her two daughters-in-law with her, and they started on their way back to the land of Judah, which is their countrymen. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you return to your mother's house, meaning um, you don't have to go with me. Go to the land of your brethren. Okay, and I'm going to go to the land of my brethren. My two sons are deceased, and there's no reason for you to stay with me. So this is what Naomi, the matriarch of the family, is saying to her daughters-in-law. Okay? Again, she said, go back, each of you, and return to your mother's house. May the Most High show kindness to you as you have shown kindness to the dead and to me. So um, Ruth is telling her daughters-in-law, he was good to me when my sons died and my, uh, my husband died. So you can go, you know, you don't owe me nothing. And as a matter of fact, part of the law, statutes, precepts, and commands, which is the 613 laws, um, once your husband dies or once your spouse dies, then you could go and marry somebody else. So that is what um, Ruth is basically letting them know. You know, you're free, honey. Your husband passed away. You don't have no bonds or no nothing, you know, tying you to me. If you want to go, you go. Now, remember, I want you to remember her two sons had two wives that she's telling them to go because this is important. So um, uh, Ruth goes on and says, may the most high grant, grant you... Um, that you find rest, each one in the home of her husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept out loud. So, you know, her, she had a good um, a good relationship with her daughters-in-law. And that's wonderful because sometimes people don't have good relationships with their in-laws. I mean, it would be nice if they had good relationships, but, you know, this one is just one of them that was really good. And that's wonderful. It's wonderful when you have a good um, mother-in-law. And they said to her, no, we will go with you to your people in Judah. Now, let me just stop there, dear, and say this. I already told you, they distant relatives, okay? Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov is the blessed ones of the 12 that is under contract with the most high. Remember that. Abraham's nephew, okay, with his father's Terah and all of them, they are Shemites, still a blessed line. Now we're going to talk about um, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that at some point, but I'm letting you know that's still a blessed line, even though they committed a sin. The Ammonites and the Amorites, sorry, no, Ammon, the Ammonites and the um, Moabites are lines of Lot, Abraham's nephew. Do your homework, people. Stop saying that they um Gentiles. The thing is, they committed a sin. A, um, Lot committed a sin by having sexual relationship with his nieces I mean daughters and that's the sin that's that's the sin 
It's a sin. Yeah. Okay. Even before those laws was um made, it's sin. Okay. All right. So um, but Naomi said, "Go back, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that you may become their husbands? I mean, their wives." Go back, my daughters. Go, for I am old, too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, and if I actually had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they were grown? Would you go without marrying? No, my daughters, for it is much more difficult for me than for you, because the Most High's hand has gone against me. Now, Right now, right there, when Ruth is saying this, she's feeling sorry for herself. Now, let me tell you something, honey. Nobody likes a pity party. Now, I was just talking about something like this um, a couple of days ago. People feeling sorry for themselves and talking about what they don't have. When you should be glorifying the most high for what you do have. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of information as to what I said to somebody a couple of days ago. I was talking to my girlfriend and she was saying something about somebody feeling sorry for themselves, but she didn't say it like that. But you know, from the um, discussion, what the topic is, I told her that me and my husband had a conversation similar to that. Whereas my husband told a story as somebody has his job was singing a sad song of how poor they was, even though they wasn't of how they didn't have this and how they didn't have that. And that was a Gentile. You already know we, the children, uh, children of the most high. So my husband said, I was thinking to him, you have no idea what poor is. You know, he said he was thinking to himself that. And I said, yeah, you're right. People always complaining about the stuff that they don't have when they should be glorifying the most high for the things they do have. But what I said to not only my husband, and I said this to my girlfriend too, while we was just in discussion, I said, some people complain about them don't having shoes. Oh, I don't have no socks. I don't have no shoes until they meet somebody with no feet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So stop complaining about the things that you don't have. Now, I understand Ruth says she don't have no husband and no kids. And, oh, the most high did this to her. The most high did that to her. Honey, there's so many things that happen in our lives that have been put here before the foundation of the world. It has nothing to do with you. A lot of times it don't. How do you know the Most High didn't have that decree for those people to die at that time? This is how it works. But while you're living in it and you're not, you don't know the word and it's not in you and you're not walking with the Ruach, because at that time the Ruach wasn't there, but the Ruach was still here, but not with them until New Testament time. But like I said, you never know. You don't know. I already told you there's nothing by chance. Everything is calculated by the Most High. The Most High intricately put everything together before he put humans here. So we gather and we know from the laws of the Most High and how the Most High works that it was their time to go, no matter what the circumstances. But here we see that Ruth is feeling a little sorry for herself, honey. The bad thing about feeling sorry for yourself is you can let the devil in when you feel sorry for yourself. It's, it's okay to mourn somebody, but the most high himself says, 
that you shouldn't carry that morning so bad that you running the Ruach away from you, that you running all the good angels and stuff. You just wearing them down with all of this um, long lip nonsense. Oh, woe is me with the tiny violins. Nobody wants to hear that. Okay. We understand that you, you know, you love your uh, brethren, you love your kids, you love your spouse and all that. And when the spouse does pass in transition, we as believers, as saints, we got to understand that this is how it works. You was born down here because of sin. You have a time limit and you got to go back. If you go to the book of um, Yeshia, it will talk about um, death and how you should treat it. Mm -hmm. And the book of Enoch too. It talks about it. Now, it's not going to talk about it like I'm talking about it, but it's giving you examples of how long you should mourn. Uh, the scriptures talk about how long sh you should mourn. And when mourning is too much, you could also go to the shepherd of Hermas. It might talk about a little bit of that if, uh, off the top of my head. Mm, I can't remember where in the three sections, but it it's talking about um, wearing the Ruach down. So that's in the shepherd of Hermas. Um, how long you should mourn is in the book of Enoch. We should not hold those things because once we're mourning too much, and I'm not saying um, having a contrary heart and all that. I'm saying mourning because even Yeshua said, if you put anybody else before me, then you don't deserve me. So going on the rest of your life because somebody died, and I'm not saying it at, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just saying mourning all these years because somebody died is hurting you. Because you have to know that the most high is the author of everything. If you believe in your spirit, in your soul, if you're in your whole heart of hearts, in your whole being, the most high, then you know this person, number one, is not dead. Okay. This person transitioned over to the other side, is waiting for you. And number two, everybody's going to be resurrected. Now there is a there is a book that says, and it's it's a cross-reference book. And what I mean about cross-references, what I do is I read and meditate on a lot of books. And what I do is the most high holds that in my heart, praise your hallelujah. And I can recall another book. So I cross-reference and that's how I understand things. So there's a few books that I wrote that talks about death and what happens and uh, what happens between believers and non-believers. When the Most High resurrects everybody, those believers, those saints, they're going to see their brethren again. They're going to acknowledge them. They're going to recognize them. They are. Those people who was wicked on this earth, they're not going to acknowledge um, their brethren and their relatives. They're not going to acknowledge them and they ain't going to know them because that's a part of the punishment from the Most High. So just know that in your heart, saints, you will see your people again. You're going to see them again. Your life is not that long. Your life is just a blink of an eye. The Most High brought all of us here for a certain amount of time, and then we got to go. And that's just the way it is. Okay? So I feel for Ruth. But well, Ruth got to understand that she, she, she sees him now. Okay? She sees him now. But at that time, she was feeling a little sorry for herself. You know? She's telling her daughters-in-law, go on, go have your life. I can't give you nothing over here. You know, I'm going to my brethren. I'm trying to, you know, somebody take care of me. I'm older. I can't do all of that. You know, and the, and the daughters in law love her so much. They're frantic. Like, what do they do? 
You know what I'm saying? There's no food in the land. They don't know what to do. They don't know whether to go back to their own people or uh, stay with Ruth. It's just such a dilemma. My tea break, you know. So now we are Ruth's loyalty. Okay, I already read you all the points that's going on in um, chapter one. Now I'm on 14. When they wept aloud again, so you know there was a lot of um, lamenting, honey. Oh, child. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So Ruth clung to Naomi. Orpah went on back to Moab, honey. I love you to pieces, but I got to go. Bye. So um, <laughs> she left. And Ruth was like, no, no, no. I love you. I know nobody's going to take care of you. And I'm going to be with you. I was with your son. I don't know how long. It don't say that. But I love your son. And I'm going to be with you. You my family. So that, that right there speaks volumes to me. I don't know if that speaks volumes to anybody else. But to cling to your mother-in-law when you know she don't have nobody, when you know she's going back to her people, but you don't know where she's going to be and whatever else. And you know, you got family over there, but you know, they good for you to cling to your mother-in-law. That, that, that takes a lot. I commend her for that. That takes a lot. You know, that's love, strong love, um, righteous love. That's what that is. And that's what Ruth did for her mother-in-law. She's like, uh -uh, I'm going with you. Oh, that only almost makes me teary-eyed. I'm married to my husband. I love my husband. I love my husband's parents. I love them. And there's nothing that I wouldn't do for them either. It's just, I don't know. It just, it's strong. It's powerful. You know, it's, it's powerful. So anyway, um... Ruth clung to her mother-in-law. I'm sorry, um, Naomi. Yeah, Ruth clung to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Sorry, <laughs> getting mixed up. Then Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Now, let me just tell you this. I already told you, even though <laughs> the Moabites are Shemites, <laughs> They acting like heathens. Mm -hmm. This is why the Most High is condemning them, and they and Ammon too. This is why it's kind of tricky. And I don't want to keep talking. I just want to get through this lesson. It's kind of tricky when when you do real homework on these lines and you find out that there's a distant, they're distant relatives. Nevertheless, they will be destroyed for the nonsense they've been doing. This is one of those times because Ammon and Moab, they are going to be destroyed by the Most High. Simply because the constant slap in the face that they gave to the Most High. They are Shemites. They're Shemites. Okay? They are Abraham's nephew's line. His brother's son's line. Shemites. Okay? Now, I'm going to say this too. The Shemites are blessed, but they don't have the contract of the Most High. Okay? Most High gave a particular man a contract, him and his seed. That's the difference. And I don't ever want you to forget that because when we start going into New Testament, we start going into when these kings come up, uh, honey, they're going to be hell raisers, hell doers, kicking up hell. They're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. 
And just because they eat, they are under that contract, don't mean the most high ain't gonna wipe them out. Mm -mm. Just like Am and Moab. Moab. You know, I got an accent. Anyway, so I'm gonna read it again. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> you know, they had to have gods. Now, I told you five million times and I'm gonna keep saying it every time. The Most High is not a God. As a matter of fact, I uploaded on the platform library because it's an extensive library. Go to that library and go get the book, the book of truth and go get the secret book of John and it tells you exactly who the Most High is. When you start understanding those two books, you will never call the Most High a God again because you'll have an understanding. Hopefully, let he who has an ear hear what the rock is saying. Exactly. You'll try to wrap your head around exactly who the most high is and stop calling him a God because he ain't because there are gods and lords in the fifth heaven. Now, why do I keep saying that? Because that's in the prophetic books In major prophets. When they have um, prophetic dreams by the most high, they see these angels on the different levels of heaven. Now, I read something not too long ago. And it talked about heaven, which is in the skies, because the skies are the heavens. And then it talks about the heaven of heavens. That's different portals, portals different dimensions where the children of heaven live. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. I want y'all to know that. So don't you ever call the most high, the Alpha and Omega, Yahuwah, the Elohim, no God. You hear me? Don't call them no God. Okay. Back to what I was saying. So um, go back to her people and her gods. Turn back and follow your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not argue me to leave you. Sorry, urge. <laughs> do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. That's, that's powerful. The daughter-in-law is saying, I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to take care of you. I like that. Your people will be my people and your Elohim, my Elohim. This is what Ruth is saying to Naomi. Where you die, I will die. And where and there will I be buried. May the Most High do the same to me as he has done to you. Praise Yah. Is she not ministering to um, Naomi? Yes, she is. She's dedicating herself to Naomi. Is that good in the eyes of the Most High? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, my. You tell she was a good person, a level-headed person, a, a reasonable person that loved her mother-in-law. You could tell. Okay. And more also, if anything but death separates me from you, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And then they arrived in Bethlehem. Um, the whole city was stirred because of them. And the women asked, is this Naomi? Now, she, Naomi went to her, the land of her people. They knew who she was. She said to them, don't call me Naomi, which means sweetness. As a matter of fact, that's my grandmother's name, Naomi. It means sweetness. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. For the Almighty has caused me great grief and bitterness. I left full 
with a husband and two sons, but the Most High has brought me back empty. Okay, she go feel sorry for herself again. Why call me Naomi since the Most High has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? More tiny violins, child. More tiny violins. So Naomi returned from the country of Moab and with her roof, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, and they arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, this is important, people. I need y'all to understand what's going on. Why? Because this is Yahshua's line. Who is Yahshua? The one and only begotten son of the most high. I already told you. That's why this is important. Okay. Now, we're on chapter two, and this is the highlights of chapter two. Oh, there's four. Um, sorry. Is there four? Hold on. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, three. There's four. There's actually four chapters. And all right, I just want to make sure because I think when I wrote up the, um, when I wrote up the um, highlights of it, the outline, I only put, I put four, but I, I didn't upload but three. So I gotta get my book out and then I'll read the rest from the book. But um let me just get it together. <laughs> I got to get it together. All right, hold on. All right. So in that I am gonna give you the highlights from chapter two. And it says, um, Ruth, chapter two, one through three says, Ruth gleans in the field of Boaz. Um, verses four through seven says, Boaz takes notice of her. Um, verses eight through 17 and shows her great favor. Verses 18 to 23, that which she got, she carries to Naomi, her mother-in-law. All right. So this is what it says. Ruth gleans in Moab's field. Now, what is gleaning? Gleaning is picking wheat, sifting through it, picking through it. And that's what they had to do during this time of famine. Because um and I'm going to give you another piece of information. Wheat was a staple in those areas. You can read a Bible today, Amplify, uh, ESV, any other one that been manipulated. And all you will read is corn. There wasn't no corn over there. There wasn't no corn. There was no corn. Absolutely none. It was wheat. And what they did is change out wheat and put corn. And then somebody had the nerve when they started asking, because there was this documentary I actually saw. And they were saying in regards to the wheat and the corn, oh, no, we just put corn because there's a corn-like wheat. Say who now? How does the devil fool the world? The nonsense of it all. It was wheat, people. No corn. 
Mm-hmm. Even today, they don't hardly deal with corn. It's still wheat. With their flatbreads and all that, they're still doing it. Where is it all this corn nonsense? There wasn't no corn over there. Especially at that time. Now, if they're getting corn, they're probably just doing it these last hundreds of years, but there wasn't no corn, baby. And it definitely doesn't talk about corn in the Old Testament. So how is it all of a sudden they got all this corn? More lies. Back to what I was saying. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband, a man of great wealth and influence from the family of Amalek, whose name was Boaz, and Ruth, the daughter-in-law. The Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go in the field and glean among the ears of grain after one of the reapers in those sight I may find favor in whose sight I may find favor Naomi said to her go my daughter so Ruth went and picked up the leftover grain in the field after the reapers now let me just stop there and say this a part of the Lord's statutes precepts and commands of the most high to the children of Israel is not to let nobody go hungry this is why Ruth left Moab and went on back to her own people. Because the law is nobody goes hungry. We already went through that when we went through uh, the Levites. We went through um, not only Levites, um, Deuteronomy, and um, Exodus. We understand that. Nobody's supposed to be going hungry. Nobody. That's a part of the law. And there's another, there's another uh, way you could tell that the heathens is running the world right now too. Who's hungry? Most of the world's hungry. Uh-huh. You know the heathens is ruling this world. Stop playing. Back to what I was saying. So Ruth went and picked up the leftover grain in a field after the reapers and she happened to stop at the plot of land belonging to Boaz who was a family, who was the family of Emelech. It was then that Boaz came back from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the most high be with you. That's a blessing. And they answered him, the most high bless you. And Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? The servant in charge of the reapers answered, she's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Now, let me just stop and say this. When the Most High told the children of Israel, and I don't know if you remember, but I'm going to refresh your memory. When he told them, do not, when you go in the field, for those people who got money and all that, when he was divvying up the land to the children of Israel, when you go in the field, and this is a part of the Lord, when you go in the field, do not glean everything. Leave some for other people. The widows and the children and those people who will come in the land and and reside and visit and stop over. That's what he said. So this is what's happening now. Um, uh, Naomi went back to her people. Naomi don't have no no children except for this uh, daughter-in-law. So technically she's a widow with nobody. She just has this other person that's connected to her in some way. So they are... Um. Uh, what can I say? What word can I say? Obliged. They are obliged 
to give her the wheat so she won't starve. That's why she went back to her people. That's what you're supposed to do. Go back to your people. Because if nobody else care about you, your people care about you. Not saying that there's bad eggs. There, there's no bad eggs because there is. But go back to the people you can trust. Okay? Try the spirits. Test the spirits. That's what I'm talking about today. So, I'm going to read it again. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued gathering grain from early morning until now, except when she sat resting for a while in the field house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, listen carefully, my daughter. Now, let me tell you why he said my daughter, because he was an older man. Now, you know who the children of uh, Israel are. From time to time, you're going to hear a husband and wife even say brother and sister. From time to time, you're going to hear the children of Israel call people brethren. Did they ever change among the children of Israel? You know who the children of Israel are. All the mannerisms, even if they don't know this Bible, even if you've never been taught this Bible, you're still doing the same mannerisms you did, your, your forefathers did, children of Israel. Yes, that's why he's calling her my daughter. Even though he's going to marry this lady, he's calling her my daughter because that's what they say when they in the love of the Most High. We call one another children of Israel brethren, don't we? Hey, brother, hey, sis. Yes, that's what we do. We do that now, but way back then they've been doing it. I already told you what um, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. The children of Israel going to be the children of Israel, no matter what. That's what I was saying. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but stay here close by my maids. This is what Boaz is saying to Ruth. Watch which field they reap and follow behind them. I have commanded the servants not to touch you. And when you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink what the servants draw. Now you see he's taking care of her. That's, um, that's Naomi's brethren. Taking care of this Moabitess woman. Then she kneeled face down with bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice me when I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, I have been made fully aware of anything, everything that you have done for your mother-in-law. That's powerful. I'm going to start it again. Because that's really powerful. That's how much love people can have for you when you're going into an area that you feel like you don't know. You got this one person that you used to be married to her, her son. I know this stuff up. And you're going into this land. You don't even know what's going on. You got enough faith in your mother-in-law and these people knowing that they're the children of Israel she knew they was the children of Israel and that's how much love they have for her especially this particular man is that not the most high that's the most high honey that is the most high I'm gonna read it again from 11 Boaz answered her and said I've been made fully aware of any everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death, the death of your husband. 
and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people that you did not know before. Ooh, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. May the most high repay you for your kindness and may your reward be full from the most high, the L of Yasharel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Oh my, let me stop that right there. All these things come to mind when I read this. In Deuteronomy 28, Blessings and Curses, the Most High said, if you, as the children of Israel, whoever you bless going to be blessed, I'm a blessing. And whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless them. And that's exactly what's happening now. Ruth is blessing her mother-in-law with her being there and helping her and loving on her. And in turn, the Most High is blessing her by Boaz paying attention to her. Boaz has money. He got influence and he going to take care of all of that. It's wonderful. So then she, Ruth said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. Now, I already told you the Most High is not a Lord. So Ruth is calling Boaz Lord because when they call Lord, landlord, he owns the land. He owns all of that. So that's what they was calling them. They usually call those people who are of influence Lord. That's why you don't call the Most High Lord. When you start understanding what these words mean, then you will not insult the Most High with these frivolous names that everybody call everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read it again. Ruth said, let me find favor in your sight, talking to Boaz, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not as one of your maidservants. Oh, great job. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here and eat some bread and dip your bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he served her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left for Naomi, her mother-in-law. When she got up to glean, Boaz ordered his servants, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not insult her. Hallelujah, he gave her all his favor, honey. Also, you should purposely pull out for her some stalks of grain from the sheaves and leave them so that she may collect them. Praise Yah. And do not rebuke her. Yes, honey, he taking care of her. That's what I'm saying. Most I said, he going to bless those that bless you. And um, Ruth is blessing Naomi. So the Most High is blessing her. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see this. Okay. I'm hoping when I'm reading this that you don't have to, you don't have to hear me telling you the blessing that's going on. This would, this is why you got to meditate on your own to understand and discern. That's what I mean about discernment. It's spiritual. Discernment is spiritual. It's not only common sense, it's spiritually, spiritually, um, being spiritually aware. Okay. Understand what's happening here. She's being blessed by the Most High. The Most High is using Boaz to bless her because she blessed Naomi, a child of the Most High. And, and, and Naomi treated her good too. This is why they're together. You see how everything works? Mm, praise Yah. 
So she gleaned in the field, Mayor, um, excuse me, um, Ruth, gleaned in the field until evening when she beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Now, let me tell you what an ephah is. An ephah is about one bushel, enough food for several days. Okay. She picked it up and went into the city with her mother-in-law, saw what she had gleaned. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Ruth also took out and gave to Naomi what she had saved after she had eaten and was satisfied. So she brought her home a doggy bag. That's in today's times. Her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? Where did you work Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man, the name of the man with whom I worked today was Boaz. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed of the most high who has not ceased his kindness to the living and to the dead. Again, Naomi said to her, the man is one of our closest relatives, one who has the right to redeem us. I'm going to tell you what that means in a minute. Well, I might as well tell you now. The redemption is for somebody to, um, and I'm going to read it. It says, according to uh, Old Testament law, Leviticus 25 and 25, as you notice, 25, 25, honey, that's a special number. Anyway. If, uh, uh, if Yasharel became so impoverished that he sold his property, the closest relative was to buy it back. Remember, they're not supposed to lose nothing. So that the land would remain in the family. Okay? And such a person was called a redeemer. Got it? The Most High. The point of the Most High doing this is so the children of Israel would never lack. But when you don't listen, remember... The blessings and the curses. When you don't listen, you're gonna be you're gonna lack. You're gonna be the end of everything. You're gonna be the tail of everything. You're gonna be at the lowest totem pole. You're gonna be starving. That's what's happening now. Nobody's gonna care about you. Yeah. When Ruth the Moabitess said, he also said to me, Stay close to my servants until they have harvested my entire crop. Naomi said to Ruth. It is good, my daughter, for you to go out to work with the maid so that others do not insult you in the other field. So she stayed close to the maids of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Now, let me let me just say that. When Naomi said, it's good that you stay with our family side, with my family side and not going other way, other places, is because she will get ridiculed because she's not a child of Israel. She's a child of the Moabites. I already told you, the Moabites are Shemites, which the father sinned. Now, that was chapter two. Now I'm going to go to chapter three. And the highlights of chapter three is um, verses one through four. Wait, hold on. One through four, by Naomi's instruction, five through seven, Ruth lies at Boaz's feet. Eight through 13, Boaz acknowledges the right of a kinsman. kinsman. And 14 through 18, he sends her away with six measures of barley. Okay? Now, 
we are on chapter three. I already gave you the highlights now, I'm going to tell you. Boaz will redeem Ruth, and that's wonderful. We already told you what redemption means. And I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind, redemption, because Yeshua came to redeem his uh, brethren, okay? He came to buy back his brethren, because one of the laws, well, one of the statutes of the Most High in the blessings and curses is if you if you bless people, and you in my word, I'm going to bless whoever you bless. And whoever bless you, I'm going to bless you. He's going to do all these blessings, but if you cursing, these curses are going to follow you everywhere. You're going to be sold into slavery. You're going to do this and people ain't going to redeem you. That means buy you back. Yeshua came down here to redeem the children of Israel. And he did that. I need you to understand that. I need you to understand what's happening. That's what it means. Now I'm on three. And Naomi, her mother-in-law said to Ruth, my daughter, shall I not look for security in our home for you so that it may be well with you? Now, Boaz, with whose maids you are working, is he not your relative? See now, he is winnowing barley at the threshing floor tonight. So wash and anoint yourself with olive oil, then put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But stay out of the man's sight until he has finished eating and drinking. That means don't be in his face, child. Get yourself together. No, pretty yourself up, honey. Going down there, but stay, you know, stay um, in a distance so that you don't get on his nerves while he's eating and drinking. And then when he's resting, then you, you know, going over there. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying and go and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will tell you what to do. This is what Naomi is telling Ruth. Her mother-in-law is telling the daughter-in-law what to do. Ruth answered her, I will do everything that you say. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law told her. When Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was happy, he went to lie down at the end of the stack of grain. Then Ruth came secretly and uncovered his feet and laid down. That means she laid at his feet. In the middle of the night, the man was startled and he turned over and found a woman lying at his feet. That was Ruth. So he said, who are you? Because you know it was dark, honey. You know they ain't have lights like we had, honey. They ain't have nothing. You couldn't see a, the figure in front of your face. So she answered, I am Ruth, your maid. Spread the hem of your gar garment over me. For you are a close relative and redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the most high, my daughter. You have made your last kindness better than your first, for you have got for you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. Now, my daughter, do not be afraid. I will do for you whatever you ask, since all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. Praise Yah, honey. It is true that I am your close relative and redeemer. However, there is a relative closer to you than I. Spend the night here and in the morning, if he will redeem you, fine, let him do it. But if he does not, 
wish to redeem you, then as the Most High lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Praise Yah, honey. That's a happy story. Love this story. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could recognize her. I'm a, let me stop it now. Men and women not supposed to be fraternizing in front of everybody and doing stuff like this. This is why she's sneaking around. Seems like she's sneaking around, but they're not supposed to be doing that. But the most high ordained this. Okay? And don't you forget that. All right. So she got up before anyone could recognize her. Boaz said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor last night. That's what he told his workers. He also said, give me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. So Ruth held it and he measured out six measures of barley mm, into it and placed it on her. So she went into the city. When she came home, her mother-in-law said, how did you, how did it go, my daughter? And Ruth told her everything that the man had done for her. She said, he gave me these six measures of barley. And he said to me, do not go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Praise Yah. Then Naomi says, sit and wait, my daughter, until you learn how this matter turns out. Is she not putting her faith in the most high? Uh-huh. Now, first, the time the violins was strumming while she was feeling sorry for herself. Now... Uh-uh, she feel like, oh, I feel lucky. I feel blessed. Yes, honey. She's directing her daughter-in-law, honey. Okay, so then Naomi says, sit and wait, my daughter, until you learn how this matter turns out. For the man will not rest until he has settled it today. Yes, honey. Now we are on the last chapter, which is chapter four. Verse one through five says, Boaz calls into judgment the next kinsman. Um, verse six to eight says, he refuses the redemption according to the manner of Israel. Verse um, nine and 10 says, Boaz buys the inheritance. Verses 11 through 12 says, he marries Ruth. Verses 13 through 17, she bears Obed, the grandfather of David. Praise Yah. And verses 18 through 22, the generations of Pharaohs into David, honey. Ooh. Now, why is this important while I'm opening this book and, and going to uh, chapter four? Why is this important? Because this is the line of the king, number one. Number two, it's the line of Yeshua. That's what it is. That's how powerful this is. Okay? It's powerful. All right, we are on chapter four, the marriage of Ruth. Then Boaz went up to the city gate where the business and legal matters are settled and sat down. And then the close relative, the redeemer, of whom Boaz has spoken of came by and said to him, come over here, friend. Now, remember, they all relatives, but he said friend and sit down. Brethren, basically, because remember, I'm reading from the Amplified. Sit down, brethren, relative. So he came and sat down. Then Boaz took 10 men from the elders of the city, and they was judges and witnesses, and said, sit down here. And they sat down. And he said to the closest relative, which is the Redeemer, 
Naomi, who has returned from this country of Moab, must sell the plot of land which belonged to our brother Am Amalek. So um, I thought to let you hear of it, saying, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and before the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if not, then tell me so that I may know for there is no one beside you to redeem it. And I am next of kin after you. This is what Boaz is saying. And he said, I will redeem it. Boaz said, I'll redeem it. He's basically saying, if you're gonna, if you're gonna buy this plot of land and be with um Ruth and take care of Naomi, then go ahead and do it. But if not, I come after you. Then Boaz said, the day that you buy the field from Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of the deceased, and restore the name of the deceased to his inheritance. Now, let me stop and tell you this. Part of the statutes and laws of the Most High, because it's actually in the 613 laws, is if somebody dies, say like, I'm going to give you a scenario. I'll just talk about Ruth. Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons, okay? She had two sons. Now say um, only one of um, Naomi's sons died, which was um, um, Ruth's husband. And there was still another son. Ruth had another son, but he wasn't married. He was supposed to pick up the marriage with this one and the first child that they had, the first son that they had will be the son that died. And then all the subsequent children will be their sons because the Most High never wanted to lose not one of the children of Israel. So that's what's supposed to happen. That's a law. Okay. It just so happens that both of um, Naomi's sons died and they was both married. So one of the daughters-in-law went back to, Mo um, to Moab and the other daughter-in-law is here, who is the descendant of Yahshua. This is why this book is important. This book is important, honey. Okay? So that's what's supposed to go down. That's what Boaz is saying to the next of kin that's before him. The closest relative who's supposed to be the redeemer, if he wants to do it, said, I cannot redeem it for myself because my marrying of the Moabitess, he don't want to marry the Moabite woman, I would jeopardize my own inheritance. Now, how would he jeopardize his own inheritance? This is how he would. The excuse given was probably made on the spot by his relative redeemer to avoid the obligation of marrying Ruth and raising a son in her deceased husband's name. Okay. He may very well not have wanted to raise the son under such circumstances or to be married to a Moabite woman. That's why he said he couldn't do it. He didn't give you a reason why, but we, we kind of figure it out because they don't want to marry. Um, the law is to marry your own people. Even though the Moabites are Shemites, the contract is with the children of Israel. With Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakul. That's what the contract's for. Okay. Take my right redemption purchase yourself because I cannot redeem it. 
And the bridge there is Deuteronomy 23, 3 and 4. Now, formally, and that is actually what you have to do. You have to marry. You already explained it. You know, if one of, your, one of the brethren, uh, one of the sons of Israel died, um, and there's a woman who was married to one of the other brothers or the woman available that was supposed to marry or whatever the case is, you're supposed to have the first child to the dead person that's, that will continue the lineage. And then the subsequent kids, you raise as yours. Okay, that's just that in a nutshell. Now I'm on seven. Now, formerly in Yasharel, this was the custom, the custom concerning redeeming and exchanging property. To confirm a transaction, a man pulled off his sandal and gave it to the other man. This was the way of confirming and attesting in Israel, because the children of Israel only are to attest. They ain't never supposed to swear. One of the one of the laws is that you never swear. You don't have the power to swear, okay? So you can attest. Even now, children of Israel, you ain't supposed to be swearing on nothing. You can attest, okay? Which means I'm sure, giving you my word, because remember, in the beginning, we ain't supposed to be swearing. We wasn't even supposed to be using paper because our word is supposed to be our bond because we are the children that's made in the most high's image. The most high don't have to write nothing down on paper. He's telling you what he's supposed to do. Now, this was before um, in Old Testament, they didn't have to write down nothing, but because they kept sinning, because remember the laws are for sinners. If you wasn't sinning, you wouldn't have to have no law. The most high said, write it on paper, this, that, because he already knew that there was going to be sinning. So now people writing on stuff on paper because nobody trusts nobody. But in the beginning, your word is supposed to be your bond. It's supposed to be trusted. But since everybody keeps sinning, simply because the devil took Adam's power away, never stop. This is why we got what we got. So children of Israel, you're not supposed to swear. You attest or affirm. Don't ever swear because that's going against the most high. You see how everything is relevant? These people up there, yeah, I swear. And this is why are you swearing? It says in this Bible, you ain't supposed to swear nothing because you can't turn one hair white or black. You don't have the power to swear. Only the most high does. You can affirm or attest. That's it. I'm sure that I'm sure. That's what that affirming is. I, I'm sure that I saw what I saw. I can attest to that. I am privy to that. I saw that. I can affirm that I saw that. Don't swear. That's what I was saying. Verse 8. So when the relative, the closest relative, who was the redeemer, said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. He pulled off his sandal and gave it to Boaz to confirm the agreement. Then Boaz said to the elders and to all the people who was witness. You are the witnesses this day that I have bought everything that was, um, it's tongue-tying me, a Bimelech, uh, not a Bimelech, a Limelech. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. And everything that was Chilions and Melions from the hand of Naomi. I had also uh, acquired Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Melion to be my wife to restore the name of the deceased to his inheritance so that the name of the deceased will not be cut off from his brothers or from the gate of his birthplace 
Now, let me tell you what that means. I already said what I said. I already explained it two times. But um, Boaz, he said, I'm going to redeem my nephew's name. So I'm going to marry his wife because he, my nephew died. I'm going to marry his wife and I'm going to have children by her. And the first child is going to be my dead nephews. That's his line. So if um, Naomi's son would have never died, he would have been, and is considered by the most high, so he is, the uh, the line of Yeshua. Understand that? Know that. That's how powerful that is. You are witnesses today. All of the people at the gate and the elders said, we are the witnesses. May the most high make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. Praise Yah. Who Rachel and Leah? Those are Yaku's wives, twin sisters. Okay? Yaku's wives, Israel's wives. Praise Yah. That's a blessing right there. They blessing them. Okay? The two who built the house of Israel. Yes, honey. Notice they didn't say the other two concubines. <laughs> All right. May you achieve wealth and power. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, hey, coughing, going nuts. May you achieve wealth and power in Ephrathah and become famous in Bethlehem. Further, may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Ooh. All is blessed. They blessing them, like blessing them, honey, blessing them. Now, not only was that a blessing uh, when they said about Rachel and Leah, now they talking about Judah, Yahuda, with um, the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. That's our line, okay? The children of Judah that scattered, they talk about our line, okay? Praise y'all, hallelujah, honey, they blessing them. Because of the offspring, which the Most High will give you by this young woman. Mm, that's a lot of blessings. That's a blessings. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Most High enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. Now, let me stop this right here. And I'm going to say this here. The most high opened her womb and she conceived. You know why that's a blessing? Because many times, many, many times throughout the scriptures, when you couldn't have children and you was quote unquote barren, you was cursed. And it, it shows you more in the book of um, Yashir, which they call Jasa, than in the Bible. But it tells you in the Bible, but it stresses it in the book of Yashir. That's why the book of Yeshi is very important. When the Most High open up your womb and you have children, you bless. Now today, it's not that because you already know up is down and down is up, meaning good is considered bad and bad is considered good. Uh -huh. So this world is telling you that having children is bad, but actually it's not because the Most High got to open your womb for you to have children. People think that people could just have children at will honey no no and when we continue to go through this you'll see how many people um were having uh 
a hard time having children. Like I said, it's, it tells you more in the book of Yeshia than here. But many <clears throat> blessed people like Yachanan, who was Yeshua's cousin, not the brother, Yachanan, um, even um, Miriam, who was Yeshua's mother, her mother was um, barren until the Most High opened her womb. She was a blessing. Um, um, Abraham was a blessing. Um, who else? Um, Moshe was a blessing. Yeshua was a blessing. I mean, they was blessings. Okay? Yachanana Mercer was a blessing. You got to understand how powerful this is. All right? So now we're on 14. And the woman named, excuse me, excuse me. And the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the most high who has not left you without a redeemer, a grandson as heir today, and may his name become famous in Israel. And it is, it is. Okay, not only is it famous, it's blessed because it's Yeshua's king. Yeshua in the book of um Revelation is the lion of Judah. He's the lion of Judah. So if he's the lion of Judah, who's his brethren? Okay. Think about these things. Okay, I'm going to read it again. 14. And the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Most High, who has not left you without a redeemer, the grandson as an heir today and may his name become famous in Israel and it is this is why this book is here may he also be to you one who restores life and sustains your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him praise your hallelujah the line of David begins here what I say the line of David honey you're going to know how powerful and how blessed David is. You will know when we get to this. And I may just read that right on out. We'll see how it goes. The line of David begins here. Then Naomi took the child and placed him in her lap and she became his nurse. The neighbor women gave him a name saying a son, grandson, has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed, worshiper. That's what it means. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David, the ancestor of Yahshua Hamashiach. Ooh. You ain't going to play with me. And you surely ain't going to play with the most high. The most high is everything, baby. There is nothing that was just by chance. Trust me. Now, these are the descendants of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron is the father of Ram. Ram is the father of Abinadab. Abinadab is the father of Nashon. Nashon is the father of Salmon. Salmon is the father of Boaz. Boaz is the father of Obed. Obed is the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of David, the king of Israel and the ancestor to Yahshua HaMashiach. You not gonna, <laughs> you not play with me, honey. Oh yes, I love telling that story. I love reading that story. That story is a wonderful story. It's a blessed story. That's the end of that story, honey. 
I loved telling that story. It was wonderful. So I hope you learned something from this story. Why is it important to know who the line of Yeshua is? Because Yeshua comes from the kings. I already told you in the last lessons, Yeshua's whole line was calculated before the foundation of the world. Yeshua is the line of the kings and the priests. Three, the third son, what it, uh, who is Levi. Four, the fourth son, who is um, Yahuda, who they call Judah. Three and four is seven. Seven is Yah's powerful number. So Yahaku is blessed. His third and his fourth son is blessed from the line of the priests and the line of the kings. That's what Yahshua is. Is the most high um, calculated in a good way? Did he do stuff before the foundation of the world? Does everything calculate and add up to a perfect um, number, a perfect number, a perfect being, a perfect time, perfect calculated steps that he walked? Yes. And we are coming into it and we are learning it. The most high is perfect. His son came down here. He's perfect. He is righting all the wrongs. He already did. He, um, he uh, righted all the wrongs. He, he, he put together everything that was undone. He uh, sold up loose ends. He did everything he needed to do when he stepped his foot down here. And it's being calculated and everything in this Old Testament and revealed. Well, not only calculated, it's also prophesied in the Old Testament and revealed in the New. This is how powerful everything is. Now, you may not understand everything I said, but trust me when I tell you, as we continue to move forward in this Bible, I'm going to break down everything I need to be break, um, everything that needs to be broken down. I'm going to tell you how blessed the children of Israel are and how they should straighten up their act and get right or get left behind. Meaning they will not be um, going to the next life because everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to be resurrected. That's the first death. When you die as a human being, that's the first death. When you're resurrected by the most high judgment comes. The second death, which is the final death, is those who's not going to the next life. And if you don't believe that, you sure better go to Revelation, which we will be doing. I may just pick out Revelation or upload a lesson from people who did the book of Revelation already. But I got some stuff to add. So with that, I hope that you learn some. I hope that this edifies your spirit. I hope that this gives you the zeal to look and just see for yourself. You see how wonderful the Most High is? Test the spirits. Try the spirits. Read all about your father. Read all about your history. Your history is rich. Your history is colorful. Your history is true. Your history is blessed. You bless it. And everybody in the world who's rocking with the devil is telling you that you're not. You need to go to the most high while you still got the time. So like I said, let your Sabbath be a blessed one. And until next time. Hi. Trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliff 
note the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. to hear the word of truth from the most high but you know what's better hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content you can also save a life by sharing this valuable content go ahead save a life today thanks